Thanks for joining us today at City Life. We believe today's message will empower you and point you towards Jesus. But remember that church is so much more than a message you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life, in person or online. Mike already said today is the start of our Advent series, and you know, maybe your tradition, how many of you grew up in a church tradition that was very um, active in the Advent season? I did, church online, thumbs up, you know, whatever it is. What do you think of when you hear Advent? What do you think of when you hear of Advent? Put it in the comments. What do you think of? Is it that chocolate Advent calendar? Or the beer advent calendar, the adult version. I just, it's just mind boggling that that's even a thing. You know, the beer advent calendar. I just don't understand. We won't go into that. Maybe it's the advent wreath. How many of you had an advent wreath growing up? You know, it's that, maybe it was a log or a circle where there was like purple candles and you lit one every week leading up to Christmas. Well, what is advent? Advent was started by Jesus followers centuries ago as a way to, in a world that was getting really crazy, full of a lot of distractions, the early Jesus followers wanted to make sure that they would continually remember and that their kids would know the bigger story that their lives were a part of. And so Advent and Christmas became this time of year, became, it became one of the set times of the year to refocus on the bigger story. Everyone say the story. And it was a story. It's the, so what is that story? It's not the baby Jesus in a manger story. That's one small part of the story. But it was to focus. It actually focused on the bigger story, the story of God's love. The story that goes like this. God made a home where he and his kids could be together except evil came in, destroyed it, took his kids captive. Jesus, God promised that he was gonna restore it and free us, and that's exactly what Jesus came to do. First John 3, 8, in the Passion, I love this, it says, the reason the Son of God was revealed was to undo, everyone say undo. Undo and destroy the works of the devil. Or another version, it says, the reason the Son of God was revealed was to undo and destroy the plague of destruction inflicted on the world. How's that? Jesus came to undo. He came to undo destruction. You know how many of you, you watched Avengers Endgame? How many of you watched, you know, you watched different series or different movies, you know, maybe it was the Harry Potter series, other movies where it's like there was, it was almost like this spell that was really horrible that was cast over all the characters and then the hero comes in and then all the chains, everything just kind of dissolves, you know, all the bad stuff just dissolves or rewrites itself or resets itself. You know, it's kind of what happened. Jesus showed up on the scene to dissolve to undo the destruction that had taken place in God's creation. Jesus is the great undoer. He is the great undoer. How many of you know what WWJD means? If you're watching online, if you know what WWJD means, if you were of a certain time in the church world, WWJD, you can write what it is in the comments. Do you know what WWJD is? What is it? 
What would Jesus do? Oh, you had those little rubber bracelet bands. What would Jesus do? And every time you were going to do something Jesus wouldn't do, you were supposed to look at the bracelet. Oh, what would Jesus do that? And we're like, nope. Half the time you did it anyway, because the little bracelet doesn't do anything. What would Jesus do? Well, this series, this is about what would Jesus undo? Because frankly, you can't get the do right unless you get the undo first. That's the problem. Too many of us are trying to do the what would Jesus do and we weren't doing it right because we didn't recognize, we didn't live in the undo that Jesus had already done. Everybody say you got to undo before you can do. <laughs> you know, that's what we're going to look at over the next couple of weeks. We're going to look at what did Jesus come to undo? What did he come to undo in us? In us. What did he come to undo in us so that God's peace and hope and joy and love could be released through us? So that it, God's mission to heal and restore this broken world could continue. That's what salvation is about. That's actually what it means to follow Jesus. Following Jesus isn't to get your fire insurance ticket out of hell. Following Jesus is following him in the mission that he is continuing through his body, you and I, the church, on the planet to heal, to restore, to bring hope, to bring joy, to be light when there's darkness. That is what it means. And so today, Jesus came to undo chaos. And you know what is so absolutely comical about this? We had this whole series planned out a year ago. Isn't that hilarious? Planned and titled, no word of a lie. There is not a better word. I, I, I couldn't think of a better word than to describe our current situation right now than chaos. Hello, chaos. Everybody just turn around just when you think it's gonna be, oh, we're going up, and then it's just like crazy happens again. It's just like, will the world just stop, please? Just everybody just shut up. Stop talking about flippancy and masks and everything else, just like, Mm, I like to give certain mm, with my hand, but I won't. <laughs> Jesus came to undo chaos. You know what? Maybe your way of life feels like it's in chaos. Maybe your marriage or your, your soul feels like it's in chaos. Maybe you look at your future and you think this is like, it's chaos. You know what? Here's the good news. The good news is that Jesus already came to undo chaos and replace it with peace. And you know what? He came to undo the stuff and to give us peace. Not to eliminate chaos, but to give us peace instead. And you know, to discover how we can actually experience this, how this is a reality, we're gonna go back to the beginning of the story. Genesis 1-1 is the beginning of the Christmas story. Did you know that? It's not Luke 1, it's not Matthew 1, it is Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was the, here's some key words. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the surface of the watery depths and the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And God said, let there be light and there was light. What a wild opening scene. Emptiness, 
formless, darkness. Science has a word for it. They call it the void. There is nothing physical there. Watery depths. You know what? In the original language, that phrase, this whole thing, empty, formless, watery depths, it literally meant a dark, chaotic void. Isn't that crazy? A dark, chaotic void is what described pre-creation. Yet, here's the key, God was present. God was there in the chaos. God was there. His spirit in that, the language for that, it's the Hebrew word, ruach. You got to just say it because it helps you clear your throat. Ruach. Ruach. It's kind of probably hard to say in your mouth. You just spit over it, so don't touch it. Ruach. We're going to have fun this morning. Spirit, God's breath was hovering over the chaos. You know what? This is what happened. God looks. He looks into the chaos, and then he begins to speak. He says, let there be light, and God begins to bring order out of the chaos. He begins to create, and then God makes humans. Ho, ho, ho. Unfortunately, by chapter three, humans already wrecked everything. Instead of bringing order to chaos like we were supposed to, we unleashed chaos into God's creation because we wanted to be God instead of reflect and represent God into his creation. Now, fast forward through thousands of years of chaos when act four of the story unfolds. Guess what? God, again, is getting ready to release what he calls a new creation into broken, chaos-filled creation. God is getting ready to undo the chaos that we had unleashed. John 1, 1 to 3, and then verses 4 and 5 as well. Listen to this. Before time itself was measured, the voice was speaking. The voice was and is God. This celestial word remained ever-present with the creator. His speech shaped the entire cosmos. Immersed in the practice of creating, all things that exist were birthed in him. His breath, in other words, that ruach, his spirit, filled all things with a living, breathing light. A light that thrives in the depths of darkness, blazes through the murky bottoms. In other words, the dark, chaotic void. It cannot and will not be quenched. You know what John was talking about? He was talking about the light of the world, Jesus Christ, who was coming in on the scene. It said the light was going to be revealed. And John was, he was telling this story, this new creation story. It sounds so familiar. But in this new story, there's a new kind of light coming into the chaos. And see, this is what's so cool. It wasn't just going to be God's unseen presence over the chaos. Now God's seen form, his seen presence was going to get right into the midst of creation. That's exactly what Jesus came to do. He came to undo chaos. God's spirit wasn't just hovering over. He wasn't just looking at it. He was moving right into the middle of it to undo it. And you know what? This is what's so powerful about baptism. Because, you know, just like there was this dark, watery chaos at the beginning of creation. God brought life. He brought purpose. He brought beauty. He brought meaning. And, you know, when we go down in that tank, when we get baptized, 
It's like all of the empty, meaningless, purposeless, dark stuff of your life, it gets left in that watery chaos. And you come up new creation life. God does something new. That's what we can believe for. You can believe that God is going to start something new in you. So why do we go to this Genesis story? Well, to remind us that our lives, no matter how chaotic, no matter how dark our lives are or what's going on around us, our lives are connected to a bigger story. Our lives are connected to a purposeful story that offers hope and a way forward. So here we go. Four takeaways. Everyone say number one. Number one, God is present over the chaos. God is present. We need to remind ourselves that. You Watching online, you need to know this. You need to remind yourself. I want you to give thumbs up if you know that. God is with you. God is present. God is here. We can't see God. The spirit of God is moving. You can't see him, but he is present. He is there. He is in the darkness. He is in the emptiness. And you know, this is kind of one of the complex things about following Jesus. I remember actually having a conversation with God about this once. It's like, God, why is it so hard sometimes to actually sense and know you're there? Anybody else have that thought or maybe even had that question or rant with God, you know? And you know what God's response was? It was this. He actually showed me a picture of my mom and dad's storage room. How many of you have a storage room that is very hard to access? <laughs> I remember once visiting my mom and dad, and I'm, you know, she's like, well, you know, it's, you can, you know, she puts something away, it's in the storage room upstairs, it's actually a bedroom that they had storage in, and I open the door, it's like, mom, I can't even get in here, there is like so much stuff, how do you find anything? She goes, well, I know. It's like, oh. And he got show me that picture, and then he said, you know, I'm here. I'm always with you. I've already made the connection with you. But it's just really hard for you to know that and for you to experience it, because you just got a lot of stuff to wade through, to push past in order to recognize how close and how real I really am. The thoughts, the mental garbage, the opinions. Man, we hold on to our opinions so tightly. That can be one of the greatest blockages to actually experiencing the presence of God. In fact, you know what? One of the greatest things, you want to experience more of the presence and the reality that God is with you. One of the greatest things we could do is just say, screw our opinions. I don't want to know you. How do we get rid of the stuff in our soul? You got to de-junk your soul. How do you do that? You got to tune into Pastor Chat Wednesday night, 7 p.m. We are going to talk about that. No word of a lie. We are. Everyone say, number one, God is present over the chaos. He is present. Number two, God's peace is available in the midst 
of the chaos. God's peace is in the, available in the midst of the chaos. You know what's so cool? I love words. And when you figure out, when you recognize there's power in words, and when you start digging, man, you can find some cool stuff in the Bible. Genesis 1, where it said the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. You know what that word hovering means? One of the things it means, it means to relax. God was looking into a dark, chaotic void, and he was totally relaxed. I wouldn't be. I'd be looking like freaking out. But you know, here's the good news. When the Spirit of God lives in us, when he resides in us, when God's Spirit lives in us, I can lean, I can learn how to relax in the midst of chaos. I can learn how to relax when facing chaos. Jude 2. Man, we don't hear a lot preached out of the book of Jude, but it is a special little book right before the big R book, the Revelation book. Jude 2. Relax. Everything's going to be all right. Isn't that great? That is in the Bible. Relax. No, I got that song in my head. Anybody else get it? Anybody else see that scene from the proposal from that? <laughs> That's terrible. That song was ruined forever. Relax. Everything's going to be all right. Rest. Everything's coming together. Open your arms. Love is on the way. Man, what a great promise. Relax. Everything's going to be all right. Rest. Everything's coming together. Open your hearts. Love is on the way. See, the peace that Jesus offers us isn't the absence of chaos. It's the ability to rest and relax in the midst of chaos, in spite of chaos. That's what it means to know the peace that Jesus offers. See, circumstances don't determine whether we have peace or not. You know, all hell could break out in our province, in our nation, in this region. It kind of already has in a lot of different ways. But you know what? We can have peace in the midst of it because we have the access to the spirit of God that we can rest in his presence. We can rest in knowing he's already undone chaos and we can have his peace in the midst of it. Circumstances don't determine whether we have peace or not. How we react to circumstances does. That's why Jesus, he said, as long as you live in this world, you're going to have problems. You're going to have trouble. But take heart. I've already overcome all that. See, the answer isn't getting rid of problems. The answer is to grab onto peace, the person of Jesus instead. And see, when you do that, he begins to give you wisdom on how to walk through and how to bring order where there is chaos. This doesn't mean we just kind of sit back and, oh, God will take care of it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if we try to make things and fix things and work things out in our own human strength without first relaxing and resting in the peace of God, we're going to get it wrong every single time. Solving problems starts from the place of peace. Number three, the third thing we can take away, God spoke God spoke into the chaos and he said, let there be light, let there be light, let there be light. What does that mean for us? Well, you know what this actually speaks of? This is talking about our praise. What are we going to magnify? What are we going to magnify? How big and bad things are or how wonderful God is? What God is doing. I love Psalm 33, 1. It says, release your heart's joy and sweet music to the eternal. When the upright passionately sing glory-filled songs to him, everything is in its right place. 
How powerful is that? Everything is in its right place when God's people are praising him. Everything, and that's what praise does. Praise began to bring, when we put God at the center, and that's when we're praising him, that's what it does. Praise begins to bring order to the chaos in our soul. It begins to put God in his central place where he is. He's ruling over all of the chaos. It keeps us in our rightful place. That's what praise does. Praise keeps us in our place. Reminding us that God is overall. It also keeps us from bowing down to the idol of self. Because I don't know about you, how easy is it, man, when chaos happens, it's so easy to get self-absorbed, self-pity, self-occupied. We're just so full, but it's easy when chaos happens. We're just like, oh, I got to fix. But you know what? Praise allows us to keep God central, elevated above all. And the last one, number four. Chaos carries potential. Chaos carries potential. Back to Genesis 1. When it said, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. The earth was formless and empty. Have you ever read that? Wonder what is he talking about? What does that mean? The earth was formless and empty. There was nothing. Yet God saw something. Something was there because God named it. Something was there in the nothing. Pre-creation, formless, empty, dark, nothing. God sees what isn't seen. God sees what isn't seen. He sees what's not there. He sees the potential. And you know what? This is where of in every single circumstance, God always sees potential. He always sees what can't be seen. He always sees what's not there. He always sees what could be. And even right now, even right now, church online, whatever it is you're facing, there, there's chaos where there is all sorts of, it seems empty. Your marriage seems empty. Your financial situation seems in a lot of chaos. There might be just, it seems like there is no way out. You could be in the mother of all storms. But you know what? Here's the thing. It might not see any way out, but God sees what could be and God has already named it and here's the thing is his image bearers and now because of Christ being filled with God's spirit man we have access to that same perspective we carry the same capacity to see the potential even in emptiness, even in the face of chaos, we can look at it. Where God, where does God want to bring life out of nothingness? And you know what? That's the same power that we have access to through God's Spirit living in us, in our union with Jesus, the Spirit of God. God will work where there is darkness and chaos. You know what? This is what's so cool. The chaos and darkness didn't hinder God. It didn't hinder him one bit. He was able to work. Chris or whoever's coming up, you can come up. I am wrapping up early, believe it or not. So first, the same power. 
And you know what? This is what redemption is actually all about. This is our purpose. This is what is meant to be lived through us. Jesus came to undo chaos so that the peace of God could flow through us. Salvation is never just about us. Anything that causes us to become self-focused is not the gospel that Jesus came proclaim. It's not the way of life that Jesus went to the cross for. Salvation is always, there is a purpose to it. God does something in us to get it through us. God releases his peace. God brings freedom to our lives so that his peace could flow through us. Jesus came to undo chaos so God's peace could flow through us. Psalm 46, 1 to 3. Here's a promise. I want us to all stand. I want us to, I want you actually to close your eyes, church online. I want to invite you to stand too. I know it might be weird. You might be in your pajamas or whatever, but there's something about when we physically stand, it brings us into a different attention. So just put your device aside and just, you can listen. I want to close your eyes in the room. Let's just close our eyes. And I want, I want the reality of this, this psalm, this, to settle into your soul. Psalm 46, God is our shelter and our strength. You need to know that God is your shelter and your strength. When troubles seem near, God is nearer and he is ready to help. Why run and hide? No fear, no pacing, no biting fingernails. When the earth spins out of control, we are sure and fearless. What feels out of control right now in your life? When the earth spins out of control, we are sure and fearless. When the mountains crumble and the waters run wild, we are sure and fearless. Even in heavy winds and huge waves or as mountains shake, we are sure and fearless. Let those words settle in. Let God's spirit begin to bring that into your soul. Even just put your hand over your heart and just say, God, would you birth that in my soul? God, that we would be those kind of people. We're sure and fearless. God, that we would be sure and fearless no matter no matter what is going on around, no matter what things look like, no matter what kind of dark, chaotic void, no matter how empty, no matter how to control God, we thank you that you, in you, we are sure and fearless that you are that rock solid God. You spoke light into the darkness. And God, right now, I just even speak that declaration over every area. God, marriages, financial situations, people's business, people's outlook, their plans for the future that have just gotten totally kiboshed. God, we're sure and fearless. And I speak the peace of God, that rock-solid peace with the light of hope, the light of your love, the light of possibility to begin to shine now every circumstance, every situation, your great love. Thank you. God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you know, just even with your eyes still closed, church in the room online, we're going to pray together, all of us. And you know, even here in this room or whether you're watching online, you know, maybe You've never really said, I'm all in following Jesus. I loved how one of the baptism stories is like, I'm in. I'm all in. And maybe you 
kind of been putting the toe in the water and kind of checking it out, but you're really not all in with Jesus, man. You only experience the benefits and the promise when you're all in. And you know, the way we do that, we follow him. We just follow. And we get up tomorrow and do the same thing. We follow again. And then the next day and the next day and the next day, God, we follow you. And you know, what does it mean to follow Jesus? Well, it means to, God, show me, help me to learn the practices that keep you real to me, that I know that you're there. And let's pray together. And this is really a prayer saying yes to following Jesus. To say, Jesus, thank you for everything you've done everything you've accomplished on my behalf. I say yes to following you. Thank you for a new start today. Amen. Amen. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc slash next step or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor to play a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to connecting with you soon.